Welcome to a live recording of the Safe Topics podcast. In this episode, we're having a conversation about academic success and equity programs. What are the highlights of this past year and the challenges that have been overcome? Let's celebrate and learn. John, your, your mic is garbled a little again, a little bit again. Okay, let's celebrate and learn about our ever-evolving service to our students. Yes, that was better. Nice All work. right. <laughs> and away we go. It was probably the music was messing it up. Yeah. I'll blame it on that. All right. Uh, so we are joined by some stellar folks here. We have um, leaders in our ACE programs here at Miracosta College, academic and success, academic, success, academic and success equity programs. All right, we'll edit that out. Oh no, it's live. All right, so we have here. I'm going to ask you just to introduce yourselves. We're going to start with Don and then throw it over to Coach Kaylee and then end with Cindy because Cindy, Cindy's part of them all. <laughs> so um, and and has the beautiful background for our listeners. Uh, you won't be able to see that, but a, a, a display of all of the beautiful logos um, from our wonderful ACE program. So thank you all for being here. And Don, what is your program and your role in that program? Okay, <laughs> thank you. This is this is uh, already kind of kind of fun. You guys are really loose. <laughs> okay, so again, my name is Don Love, and I have the honor and privilege of serving as the counselor for the Emoja program at Miracosta. And for those who don't know, Emoja is a Kiswahili word meaning unity. There's 67 Emoja programs uh, sprinkled uh, throughout the state, one in Washington State, one at the UC, and one at a CSU campus. So we're growing every year uh, with the goal of hopefully being in all California community colleges as we get the capacity to support all of that. So my role is the counselor and the coordinator for the program. Wonderful. Thank you, Don. Coach. Hello, everybody. I'm Coach Kaylee. Uh, nice to meet you all uh, and see familiar faces. Um, I, at Maricosta, I have a couple roles. Uh, one of them is uh, the uh, counselor coordinator for the MANA program. And I'm also the head rugby coach for both the men's and women's rugby program, hence Coach Kaylee. Um, so uh, MANA is a uh, program geared towards uh, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander students. And um, I mean, we'll probably get more. I don't want to do too much of it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like Don said, I, I feel blessed to be working with uh, our Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander students. And it's, uh, it's awesome to uh, see my colleagues in, in ACE. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you for and Cindy Arce, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and your program or programs and your role? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Cindy Arce, pronouns she, her. Um, I am currently serving as the Interim Student Services Coordinator for the Academic Success and Equity uh, Programs, also known as the ACE Programs in the Student Equity Department. Um, these programs include Puente, Rafi, Umoja, Mana, and Uprise. Uh, part of my role as a student services coordinator is to build strong relationships across campus and in the community uh, to bring and to warmly present opportunities to our students. Uh, presence in my role is also very important, and I mean this in different ways. Uh, for example, I am expected to show up in different spaces to advocate for our student needs, but also to show up for students in times of need or in times of celebration. Um, I'm essentially an extension of support for our ACE faculty and our ACE liaison. So, so uh, Cindy, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll stick with you. Uh, presence is important, clearly. So, uh, and, and with students and also for students. So can you describe a bit what, what's been your experience doing that remotely? Uh, and I think in both capacities, working with the institution, advocating for students, but then also trying to get into spaces with students uh, uh, to have those, those conversations. Yeah, and do you need that also if we've gone remote? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so my experience with ACE 
in this current role is very new. Um, so I do want to make sure that I acknowledge the equity work um, and the work that has been done around ACE program has been happening um, at the college with the support and effort of folks way before my time in this role. Um, so before me, Christine Sudella was the person that really worked tirelessly with the support of student equity staff, uh, college faculty, and other allies to build a strong foundation for the ACE program. Um, I've been in these shoes for um, three, going on four months now. Um, but prior to stepping into this role, I had been working for the student equity department for two years in the role of uh, student services specialist for the Uprise program. So when the pandemic first hit and when we made the transition to remote learning and remote services, I was working specifically for Uprise, but under student equity. Uh, so like much like the rest of the college, uh, student equity made a very quick adjustment, um, such as buying equipment, for example. Um, we had to reimagine what support looked like in a virtual environment for our students. Um, our programs quickly learned that our students were often on Instagram, for example. And so spending time on Instagram became part of work. Um, for Uprise, we were texting students through Google Voice. We were DMing them on Instagram, tagging them on Facebook. We learned that hashtags weren't cool anymore on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and we even considered TikTok. I never got comfortable with it. I think it's funny, and I, I watched TikTok, but I, I didn't get comfortable enough to, to, to go there myself. Um, and it was really about meeting our students where they're at. Um, I think something that's helped and that's also very unique to ACE is that there is constant contact with the entire team. Um, we often hold interventions, such as calling students. We don't leave our students to fend for themselves. Um, and the support from our entire team um, is key to having the capacity to do what we do. Um, ACE has an entire department behind our ACE counselors. So um, they have my program manager, for example, Christina Lundy. They have me as coordinator. They have our parking specialist, Preston. And each program has a campus aid. We call them liaisons. Um, and these are current or former Miracosta students that were also part um, of the ACE program that they now work for. Um, we implemented a survey to all of our ACE students. This was uh, difficult because we know our students are like super tired, uh, that you're zoomed out, but it was done in an effort to learn how we can improve our services to them inside and outside of the classroom. Um, we don't have all the data for that back yet, um, but we did get some feedback. For example, um, our students are really appreciative of all of the mental health support that they've received, um, but they need more. So they've expressed that they would like even more mental health support. Um, and we learn these things not only through the surveys, but also through the interventions and that constant communication that we have with our students. Right on. Don, how about you? How, how, how has Emoja pivoted or shifted to meet students where they're at in, in this, this season of remote teaching? Yeah, so right away from the moment we decided that we were gonna go remote last March, last spring, um, while we were, those of us who've never taught online were panicking about how do we convert our classes to an online mode, how do I teach online? I'm thinking about as nervous as I am, our students have to figure out now, how do they navigate online when they definitely didn't want to sign up for one? Right. And so one of the things we did right away was we wanted to make it easy for students to access it. And so um, something that we do in counseling a lot, but I think it's like really critical with our ACE programs, intrusive counseling. It means that we got to be first to reach out to them. And so rather than wait and, and hope they figured out how to connect with us online and spend weeks or months going through that, um, one of the things we did, we, we created uh, our village space. And so we have a virtual village space. So every Monday and Wednesday, uh, students know that we're gonna have somebody, whether it be me, uh, Cindy, or someone else from our team, or all of us may be online from one to three, and they can just pop in. So the beautiful thing about that is, because definitely early on, especially, students were having a hard time trying to access the normal resources that they would just be able to walk into your office and set an appointment with a counselor or walk over to financial aid and, and talk to somebody 
they were having a hard time getting a hold of people uh, in different spaces. So we set our village space up to kind of help facilitate that. And the other beautiful thing about it is that it's given us the opportunity to do some additional programming. So since we're there, um, not only do I have the ability to take counseling appointments, we actually do workshops, uh, Q&As, and I think, I think Cindy can attest to this. I think probably some of the cooler days is sometimes students just pop in and they don't have a question. They got nothing except, hey, I just want to see who was here. I want to hang, and then you hang out. That's awesome. Uh, I think Cindy will have to tell, tell the story of the conversation they had. Uh, uh, I think it was yesterday or, <laughs> or the day before, but they had a great conversation uh, over TV shows or movies or something. But um, So that shift was, uh, was critical. And I think just ha having that notion of being intrusive with our students, making sure that we're, we're the first. Um, this is actually something that I've kind of always done, but it wasn't as a priority uh, on a weekly basis. And that is, um, I make it a point to just, I'm calling my students constantly. Um, I, as much as Cindy's talking about social media, I, I'm just, not, it's hard for me to get on social media and, and absorb that stuff every day, right? But we, we wanna have a presence there. Uh, but I really prefer talking to students. So I actually sometimes just pick up my phone and in between appointments or even on a weekend, I will call students. So my goal is over the course of a two week period, I wanna at least, even if they don't pick up the phone, I want them to hear my voice because there are students who don't make it to our porch talks or they may not make it into village. Uh, they've got work obligations, they've got family obligations. And so the only time I really see them is uh, when we schedule an appointment. So I want them to hear from me a lot more than that. So um, I think I'll, uh, I'll end it there and uh, I'll pick it up. Yeah, we'll loop back for sure, cool. for sure. Um, and so okay, that's so awesome. I didn't know about village spaces. Um, I knew about Porch Talk. I know about Folifono uh, meetings. Um, and so uh, Coach Kaylee uh, uh, and, and your, your role as coach too, I'm really, how do you do that remotely? Like what, what, what changes are you making? <laughs> it's hard <laughs> it's uh a year ago right i and just to give everybody a little uh insight on my personality if you know I, i'm like an extreme extrovert right extreme extrovert i am i love seeing people hearing people you know like being being with people so uh, uh like don just that adjustment of oh geez how am i gonna um do this right as everybody else so um i my my biggest thing that i do in life is is try and create uh community in all the the worlds i'm in and i think earlier today uh, that that talk about sense of belonging you know how do you you know do that because uh, that's just that's what i try and do is create that sense of belonging and so going digital um I mean, it was, it was hard. It was, it was, uh, you know, sometimes you don't hear from a student. However, um, I feel like just even reaching out and you're hoping that they receive a message from you. And I think that's the hardest thing is just even saying, thanks coach. And then I'll, I'll be like, okay, at least they're a, a little respond, but sometimes you don't get that. Yeah. Right. And I think, uh, I think the hardest thing was adjusting was, like just being okay, just keep continuing to just lend that hand out, right? And you never know. Um, but even just lending out that hand, even if they don't respond, if they get the message, the message is also, hey, I care about you. That's why I'm reaching out, right? And I, and I think that's the sense of belonging is belonging to a place that cares about you. Um, so uh, just to tie in, we, we have a, a, a village hour ourselves uh, in Mana, and uh, sometimes it's, it's it ends up just becoming you know a place to just talk and stuff. And now it it you know we start off with hey, any homework questions or anything like that, or and then it we joke around like it turns into gossip hour or whatever, like something <laughs> that's fun. You know, they're just talking about this and then I'm like, oh geez, uh, maybe I'll, I'll go in a breakout room by myself, just some gossip I don't want to hear, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so so the, the, I think those spaces are, uh, are, are great. And you know, the freshmen that, it, it's beautiful to see the freshmen that have built uh, friendships that they 
might have not have met before in person. It took a while. And now hearing the like they've they've met and you know, and they met via virtual, you know, and um so um but yeah it's hard because not every student does that and so like don don and i are very similar i think and we're we're good buddies and and working together so we have similar approaches um so but always trying to reach out um so they know that we're here and we care about them nice thank you and is is my sound better now it is better okay good job so um you know with the ace programs you are working with disproportionately impacted populations so there are always additional challenges, even when times are not online. Um, I want to know what, what, with the feedback part of this, what, what are the things you would like everyone to know about maybe the most common challenges you're hearing from students over the past year um, to kind of inform us of how we can um, be equity-minded toward students who are in those uh, disproportionately impacted populations, and then also kind of thinking ahead about what kind of lessons learned from right now um, we can carry with us in order to serve them better when things look different than they do now. And anybody can jump in with that one if you, if you have a thought about the most common challenges you've been hearing. I, I, can, I can start with that. <laughs> um, financial struggles have been very hard on our students. Uh, families have been laid off work. Students have been laid off work. Um, so we've been seeing a lot of, um, of, of financial struggles. Um, also, I think it's so important for us to constantly remember that, and I hear my husband say this a lot, um, who, he teaches as well, and he, he, he constantly tells me, like, I have to remember that this class is not the most important thing in, in the student's life right now. Like, this student is a parent, a sibling, a son, or many, like, so many other things that are happening in their lives. And so he needs to work with that. And, and I think that it's important that we remember that when we're helping our students, um, because this pandemic has been really hard on all of us, but our students like uh, death, I mean, and, and maybe coach can speak to that more, but, but death has been really, really tough. Um, not all of our students have access to healthcare and, and that's been very hard that leads into not just financial and, and loss and grief, but like uh, mental health access and services. And so um, that's just some of the challenges that come to mind right now. Yeah, um, I think uh, speaking for the, the MANA students this year uh, and, and going back to that community aspect of um, in, in Pacific Islander culture, the, the top priority is family, faith, and then like school's not in the top five usually. It's like, you know, and so that's that's the struggle is, is trying to weave education within your priorities of life. And now with, with the family uh, and COVID and the rates of how it has affected the Pacific Islander community, especially in San Diego, it's, it's one of the highest or maybe the highest uh, uh, rate of cause of, of, of death uh, uh, for all of the COVID deaths in San Diego County. Uh, the number might be smaller than other communities, but I always check it out. It's like, but the rate is the highest, right? And, and that is, uh, it's, there's always been death in family every year, but this year has been an unusual amount. I don't remember it being like, oh my gosh, someone's uncle, someone's grandma, someone, and and uh, and then the practice of respecting, you know, we pay our respects, and during COVID, it's it's a it's a hard thing. I mean, Pacific Islanders they would come together, you know. To celebrate, however, it could it it, it was even in Oceanside a, a funeral happened and then it ended up being a super spreader. Like thirty five people got COVID, but and it, that's a hard thing. I mean, I remember having a hard discussion. One of my uh, cousins passed away not due to COVID last summer. But I had to talk to my dad. Like it was in Salt Lake City. We're not going to the funeral, right? And that was like devastating. So 
and that that that's a hard like cultural um what expectation what you you know what you're supposed to do is definitely you know celebrating the first birthday of a of, of a child in in the pacific islander is a big deal because you know back in the day if you reached one years old that mean that was success right i mean probably a lot of cultures indigenous cultures is is that so they're just seeing that and then when i hear students say hey i'm gonna throw a party and i'm like hey i just want to remind you you know be safe and you know be mindful and especially if you're gonna invite your uncles and aunties you know like um so this year it, it has been uh uh cindy mentioning death and and stuff is is has definitely taken a hit this year um and uh motivation you know losing motivate semester is a long semester right <laughs> so it, i mean I mean, shoot, National University having that four week a class thing. I mean, shoot, that might be, I mean, it's expensive, but it might help out students, you know, just one class at a time. I mean, this is a great time to rethink education, yeah. right? And 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 I think they're good. And then that eight week, it's just like, oh man, I made it halfway. I got another half to do, <laughs> right? And then the last four weeks were the last four weeks now, you know, the withdrawal day was just yesterday. It's just like, oh, let's get to the finish line. So I think just keeping that motivation for a long semester is 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 a struggle. Yeah, I will echo everything they just said. Um, I think in terms of the finance is 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 all here's the here's a, I think something that that all of us need to keep in mind all the time. Uh, we know that folks have lost jobs during COVID, but even before COVID. Even when students were, were working or even when their families had jobs, they were still struggling. It's paycheck to paycheck. So it's, a, it's an issue every day. So imagine what's happening during COVID, right? All the things that go along with that. So those stressors have been really through the roof finance. So it's been great to be able to provide students with that information that, hey, we can, we can get you an emergency check, um, that emergency grant that, uh, that the college put forth. And, I, I, and one of the reasons I, it was great that I make those calls is because a lot of students, they're not checking their emails as regularly as often. So they weren't even aware that that was available to them, right? And, and to find out, hey, you know, it takes me less than 60 seconds to fill this application out and I'm, I can get $500, that's great. And, but always being mindful that that $500, it's spent. <laughs> it's spent before they even get it. So, so that's, that's, that's a big challenge. Um, uh, Kaylee has touched on the relationship part of it. That is, uh, you know, we, we talk about motivation. I actually had a student who shared this last week at uh, last week's porch talk. She talked to, she actually gave a, a, uh, a scenario. She said, here's what one of my instructors is doing and I'm excited to go to class every week. Uh, I'm, I'm energized. I, I look forward to doing the reading so I can contribute in the, in the discussions. And then here's what my other instructor does. And I am so demotivated. It's just, it's crazy, right? And so you talk about relationship, you have to develop that relationship with your students. And um, I think in, in the, in the term, in specifically with Emoja students, um, I've never gotten rid of this, this thought in my head. It's something we did a couple of years ago. Uh, every year during Black History Month, we typically do a state of the Black student address. How are Black students doing at Miracosta? And, you know, most years we were always talking about the data and and so I, re I appreciated this one because we weren't hammering folks with data. We actually recorded students. Tell us how you're doing. How, how are we doing at Miracosta uh, in, in, in meeting your needs? And how do you feel as a black student? And I remember there were a couple of students that they didn't want to talk on camera, but they wrote something on a sheet of paper and they held it up to the camera and it said invisible. And so, I mean, it like hit my heart, right? <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. That's, that's completely opposite of what we try to do in Emoja. So I, 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 I caught up with him afterwards and I asked him, I said, so tell, tell me about the invisibility. And she said, well, if it weren't for uh, like Emoja and some of the other maybe the clubs that I'm connected to, um, I, I would be so disconnected. She said, but I feel invisible in my classes. I don't feel like my instructors actually see me. Uh, you know, we, um, we greet each other with the word sawubona, Zulu word sawubona, means I see you. And, and that was a word that was taught to me probably seven or eight years ago by a student. 
who was from Africa, and he introduced me to that word, and I've used it ever since. Um, it's, it's how we greet each other. It's how I greet a lot. Of, even in this space, I greeted folks this way. Um, it's, it's not just this physical, I see you. It's a recognition of the shared struggles that folks have gone through. It's saying, hey, I, I, especially during COVID, right? I recognize that you're experiencing, you may be experiencing some really hard times right now. And I want you to know I'm, I'm here for it. They have to know that we care. Uh, and, and, and that is, if you want, <laughs> I, I, going back to my, my student who was describing the instructor who was demotivating, she said, the, the interesting thing is that this, the professor who was doing a great job of communicating with them and keeping them engaged, she said, class is still probably about 22 students in there. Um, the class where it's demotivating, there's about five that are left. And that's, that, that's hard, to, hard to stay in that class when you, you, you start with a full class, you're hopeful, you're excited, and then next thing you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to get to the finish line. Uh, so so I, I think um, uh, that relationship building, what can, what can you and I continue to do? And, um, understanding that that we may provide some services some resources for students but they're still struggling right uh on the the losses i've been to six funerals <laughs> since it's the fall semester i've been to six and and i can only imagine what's happening in the families of of, of our students right and so uh and and i and i say that to you as well because i'm sure Many of you have lost folks as well. And when you think about how we have to show up every day, are we ready to show up for our students and so forth? And sometimes it takes being a little vulnerable and it's taken me years to get to that point where I can share certain things with students, right? And, and, and I'm kind of like an open book now. Uh, you know, I, 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 and, and I think it was just because the first time you realize, the minute you, you, you know, we, we always want to be careful about sharing too much, but they know we're, they have to at least know the feel that we're human, that we're not uh, immune to what's going on. Um, and then I, I, I'll, I'll leave this, uh, I'll leave this with you as well. Um, uh, there's a lot going on, right? We just got the George Floyd verdict. And, and I was sharing in, in, in one of our meetings that um, I was in a space right after the verdict and folks were talking about uh, how happy they were at the verdict but they couldn't really celebrate it because of like probably the same second the verdict's being read, someone's being killed in Ohio, black man being killed in Ohio, right? So that's happening right, right away. And, and, and I remember thinking, uh, I didn't have, I didn't even, I, I didn't have any feelings of euphoria or anything because of the verdict, you know? It, it's, it's based off of everything that we saw with our own eyes. <laughs> it was supposed to happen, right? So I, there's no reason for a parade or anything, but. Um, I also have students who aren't even connected to it. They don't even know, they're not watching the news every day. I don't even watch the news anymore. I mean, at some point you got to shut off, right? It, it, COVID stuff is hitting you in the face every single day and they're putting the numbers up, the death tolls, the new cases. And, and I just got tired of it. So I, I, news is something that I used to absorb. That was my way of relaxing when I got home. I haven't done that probably since April, <laughs> April last year. Um, uh, so I, I think um, thinking about uh, the fact that sometimes uh, uh, Cindy and, and, and I and a few others, we, we held a, a space yesterday so students could process if, if, they, if they needed to. And, 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 and you know, I was I'm mindful of one of the students who um, was trying to get her words out, and, but she clearly didn't know what she wanted to say or how she was really feeling and so forth. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I absolutely understood that because Sometimes we feel like we have to have a response uh, that meets somebody else's expectations, but, uh, you know, we just like, let, let's just be right now, right? We're all in here in this space. We came here for a reason. Let's just be without having to have uh, uh, everything in life figured out in this moment. And that, those spaces are the, the, the thing missing, right? The, the, the most salient thing missing, I think, from, from you know, uh, our experiences as, a, as, as teachers, as a community of educators, as, as a community of practice, right? And, and I, hear, I hear you, Don, in that just, we don't need to, what we have right now are structured spaces, agendized spaces. It's like, we're gonna get in here, we're gonna process, we're gonna blah, blah, and then we leave, and then we, 
right? And what we really need is just that space to be, right? That space to, and with each other, right? Um, and 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 I I, I want to ask this question: Each of these programs, these academic uh, success and equity programs, are are highly community oriented. Like that's that's the heart of them, right? But I also hear Cindy and 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 Kaylee and Don in all of your uh, uh, representations of your experiences that there's also a community uh, behind you as well. Like Cindy, you described like layers of folks and lots of networks and and. And so could we speak just maybe like a minute, like like for each of you, like what, what is your community behind this? Um, and, and I want to add one more thing to it too. We keep, I keep hearing this language of new normal, right? And, and also like, I never prioritized this, but now, or like my class is not important right now, as if, as if like this is a unique moment. It is, but what it's just exposed is we should be questioning these assumptions like you know all the time and continue to question them so the importance of faculty being supported as a community the importance of your networks now and then you know uh, and some you know you know i'm sorry i'm rambling um <laughs> but i want to hear it because i want to i want to have it to can go forward like i want to be part of these communities and 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 help contribute to these communities so sorry for that ramble but cindy would you kick us off with your network <laughs> Yeah, um, so my predecessor, Christine Sedella, um, under the mentorship of Wendy Stewart, our dean, uh, created CASE. Um, and this is the coalition of our ACE faculty and staff that meet monthly um, to build community, to support one another. Um, and I don't want to be fake and say, like, it's gone great but we're working on constantly sharing methods and working together because um, we do, like when we're sharing space, we do have some faculty say, hey, like I'm feeling very vulnerable right now. I'm, I'm losing students. What are y'all doing? And I think that that's really powerful to have colleagues be willing to be vulnerable with each other um, so that we can see what areas are we needing to grow on. Um, and so, yeah, we have a big team. And, and I like I, I was mentioning earlier, we have like the student equity department. It, it's so important to have that support because Dawn has Carolyn, uh, the Umoja liaison. And Carolyn knows Umoja because she was in Umoja, right? And, and, and Dawn has Preston, a part-time A specialist. And Dawn has me, the, the interim ACE coordinator. And Don has Christina Lundy, the program manager. And so, and the same for Coach Kaylee and the other programs. And so it's it's really, it takes a village. Like we say this in all the spaces we go into, it literally takes a village to be able to do this kind of work. I have Coach Kaylee, he, he does so much. I know we all do this, but like Coach does so much unpaid labor. Like it's, he's like dropping off t-shirts to everybody. He's making phone calls at midnight. He had to, he, he, me and my husband, he was chasing us on text. Hey, can you please do this one video for our students for weeks? And so I, we, I know that we're in this work because we care and we want to see our students. We all see a little bit of ourselves in our students because we were in those shoes at some point, right? Whether it was we're first gen, low income or whatever it is that we, we when we talk to our students and we're, talking and sharing our experiences, we find a way to connect with them. And I see the same with my colleagues, with Coach, with Don, and with everyone. I think Karina just joined the call. Sean, you, you are a faculty as well. And so um, I think that that it brings so much power to our very dynamic team. Thank you, Cindy, for, for those compliments. And <laughs> I, I just want to echo everything that Cindy has said. I, I, uh, I get the pleasure to work with the Mana students. However, I also get the pleasure of working with uh, a team of people. And um, uh, I will say, I have to shout out, and hopefully she listens to this podcast, is our ace liaison, is, is Alora. And uh, oh my gosh, she she's a past Mana student. She's transferred to Point Loma. And she just loves Mana and what it, it happened, uh, how, how it supported her. And honestly, I lean on her. 
Also, I think, uh, I don't know if Kat Gomez is on here, but she reached out to me this uh, summer about starting this first generation uh, students to, to know about work study. And so I developed a work study program, uh, a, a job paid through work study to be uh, a MANA program assistant. And for those who were heard the student panel, that's how Danny got hired. Uh, so having that students helping uh, being part of the team is, is a big uh, insight. But up and down from, um, I mean, Wendy Stewart uh, has always supported me and just, uh, I mean, I speak with her maybe a, twice a semester, right? But she, she's since day one, um, uh, my colleagues, counselor coordinators, Dawn, you know, just talking ideas, uh, Cindy creating the case meetings uh, more frequently now. So we have the chance to get to know each other and share because uh, and hopefully the virtual space, I think uh, helps us all be in the same space. It's harder in person when we're all trying to like meet, right? Cause we're right, but virtually it's like, oh my gosh, we're able to meet more often. Um, but Christina Londi, uh, uh, head of student equity is, has, has been a mentor to me actually. She probably doesn't see herself like that, but I go to her some, some good, what I'm like, I don't know what to do here questions. And, um, but uh, I know I'm missing everybody. Uh, oh. Sean Davis and Jade here, <laughs> bought a faculty and a, our host, one of our hosts for the podcast, Sean. Uh, I mean, both Sean and, and Jade, I feel blessed to be part of the faculty now uh, with them because I learned so much from both of them. And I like, I also, I like to laugh and they're both hilarious to <laughs> crack a jokes here and there. So I, I just feel super lucky with the team of people uh, around um, uh, MANA, the ACE programs, and stu student equity in general. So thanks. Yeah, and I just want to speak again to this idea of these folks being so committed um, and, and the tireless work that they're doing. Uh, Kaylee and Allura attend every single one of my class sessions with the, with the uh, MANA students who are in Social 101. So 9 a.m., uh, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday, they are right there with us contributing. When I'm asking students to share, they're sharing their experiences. They're connecting the sociological concepts. We need to get you some some damn credits for that class because, I mean, she's she's taken it like three times, and and Kaylee, you're there every time too. And um, I, I I not only appreciate it, I I am I'm so like uh, overwhelmed by by the commitment that they have to our students that you know, when they're in my class every day, the next conversation that they have with them, they could directly relate anything in the class, the expectations, the assignments, the content, the discussions. And it's just really incredible work that they're doing. And um, always, always uh, a pleasure to, to be with them and be in community with them, especially in the class, because you know, I, I don't feel alone. I feel like I have two co-teachers and co-facilitators and that, that always makes our job better and it makes our job a lot easier as well. So thank you for that. And uh, I'll, I'll pass it over to Don for, for the network question. That sounds great. <laughs> I need to take your class too. <laughs> You're invited, Don, um, anytime. You know, I, I, every, everybody they just talked about is, is that's, that's how this work gets done, right? Uh, matter of fact, I, I, I say this all the time because Dr. Stewart is, is like, our program wouldn't exist without Dr. Stewart. Now, we hadn't, I, I've been at the college since 2007. Emoja was born in 2007. And I didn't know what Emoja was. I didn't know anything about data. I, I didn't know anything about, I, my life was unfolding as I was learning about Emoja. I realized, oh wow, that happened to me when I was in school. I didn't realize that was, a, that was an issue with other folks. And, and uh, but 2007 is when Emoja got started, but our program didn't officially launch until 2012 when Dr. Stewart came on board. And I realized all of, all of those years where I was still going to the Emoja conferences and I was being allowed to take students to the, to the Emoja conference, but we could never get a fully implemented Emoja program because it took, uh, and, and this is me trying to learn the politics uh, of, of how higher education works and 
finally getting to the point where I realized there are a lot of folks who actually just don't, they're fighting against this. You know, they're making money to the overarching issue because there are maybe aren't as many black students on the campus and, and they couldn't see throwing a ton of money at that. And, but once Dr. Stewart came on board and she was in those spaces advocating, um, like I could never be an administrator. I couldn't do that, right? It's not my skill set, and and it, I think it takes me away from students, which is where I want to be with students. So I could not do that, but it gave me a whole new respect for the importance of having people who can navigate that space and advocate on your behalf for your program and for your students. Um, uh, <laughs> like like Kaylee, uh, Christina is is like critical, right? Because. There, there are things I, I, I've watched. I always look at when I see these emails that go back and forth. And Christina had this wonderful way of saying things that are kind of may, might even be hard to say, but she says it in a way where, okay, let me just think about it. I'm not going to take offense or anything. And I appreciate the way she communicates so much. Sometimes I say, Christina, can, can you send this out on my behalf? <laughs> right? Um, uh, Carolyn is 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 our. Uh, Moja Student Success Liaison, as Cindy said, uh, and Carolyn went through our Moja program. She knows it back and forth. And the beautiful thing is, uh, even a lot of the things that uh, that we're doing in Moja, Carolyn is somebody who brings her ideas, her creativity to to our program. And you know, unfortunately, this is going to be her last uh, semester with us. Uh, she's she's already taking classes at Dominguez Hills, but she's going to be full-time up there doing that. And so she's stepping away. So we're going to have to find someone else to fill that role, which is going to be like monumental. How do you fill that role? Um, but we're going we're gonna to work on that. Um, JD Banks. <laughs> I don't, none of us survive without JD. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, right? The, the, for, uh, to, um, I'm, I'm prepping for our, right, our Mosier Rites of Passage ceremony, which you're all invited to, by the way. May 14th, 4, four o'clock. Rights of passage. I'll, I'll make sure I send the, uh, the link out to folks. Um, but uh, uh, getting people paid, especially in our new with our new workday system. Now I used to have some leeway, right? So you, maybe you're getting these signatures at the last minute, but you can still push it through and get a check to somebody. Not anymore. The, the, the I's have to be dotted, the T's have to be crossed, uh, or everything comes to a grinding halt. And JD's is the, that person who keeps us on track with that and showing up and um, she's part of that team that shows up in our, uh, um, our village space, um, shows up for our events, does workshops for our students. Uh, we're prepping for Summer Bridge right now. So she's integral uh, with, with us putting that, that program together. Uh, the Black Alliance, we have a Black Alliance where, and that's comprising uh, faculty, staff, students, and community members. And so there are, one of the things that, that I really try to get across to students uh, when they first walk into the program, and then I try to follow through with that uh, on a weekly basis where we talk about the fact that when we bring somebody in to interact with you, um, it's not, we're not just like saying, yeah, everybody show up. You got something to share? We want to know that you care about the students, that you genuinely care about them, and they have to feel that. And so we want to grow their network. And so our, we have community members who show up at our porch talks, who show up uh, for all of our events. Uh, they do the informational interviews. Uh, they provide opportunities. One of our one of our staunch supporters, uh, uh, Rob, is is uh, Rob is constantly sending me emails about every other week. Tons of emails that uh, with job opportunities. He says, "Get this out to your people and have them CC me when they reply because I want to follow up and make sure they're giving black students an opportunity to interview and so forth." So we got people pushing out there in the community as well. And uh, uh, I, I guess I'll leave it there because we got about 10 minutes, I think. So I want to honor that time, but you get the gist. Um, so you guys have been talking about the challenges of this past year and how um, everyone is in some sort of way struggling to maintain communication and all their relationships within these ACE programs. Well, my question is right now, what is the one thing that you want to celebrate that, you know, going on in the past year and just during COVID? So Cindy, maybe we can start with you. Sure. Um, I don't know about one thing, but I'll be super quick. Um, I want to celebrate that ACE programs exist on our campus. 
because they are part of our roadmap to equity. Um, the student equity department has a guided vision um, and values that we center our work on, such as advocacy, innovation, and so on. Um, so our department gave a stronger foundation to our ACE programs, and we are constantly working to radically remove barriers, which is foundational work for our department and our programs. Um, I wanna celebrate village hours, which we talked about, Umoja inspired MANA, MANA inspired Uprise, Rafi has support groups, Puente has study hall, and these are all tailored spaces for our students. Um, ACE was awarded the AES Triple C Award last year, which just speaks to the value within the ACE programs, uh, value within the idea to radically remove barriers of truly being equity-minded. Um, we have strong supporters and very strong champions in Academic Senate, in PAID, in the Task Tutoring Center, in the library, and all across campus. Um, and we're really looking forward in the coming years uh, to see physical spaces for our groups. And so um, we're really excited for that. Sure, there's a lot to celebrate. That's a tough question though. One thing to celebrate, right? So I might answer more than one thing, sorry. <laughs> With time uh, uh, constraints. Um, I wanna celebrate the, uh, the the resilience and the growth that our students have have uh, shown this year. Um, there's a lot of students that you know might have uh, withdrawn or whatever because life and COVID and everything. Um, however, there are some students that have been able to to hang on and and during this time and their re uh, resilience. It's it's inspiring. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm living a pretty privileged life right now. I mean, I had to work, work toward it, but I'm, you know, compared to my students, I'm going to be like, you know, I, I can do that extra mile because that's what's needed. Um, so yeah, I think that's the number one thing is, is to celebrate them. And also, uh, just to give a little tangible, um example uh earth week was last week right that that was all because the mana student said last semester we had in one of our folly photos we had someone be a guest speaker about environmental issues and they got inspired and they're like coach i want to do something i was like okay let's do something let's brainstorm and and from that brainstorming it was like let's have a earth day event and that grew into an earth week of events and, and then just seeing the uh, students, uh, you know, I helped encourage them, you know, like they, you know, they're like, how do we do this? And I helped encourage them, but them to just take the lead and just last week was just a big growth of just empowering them and, and, and stuff. So uh, while they're dealing with life stuff and, and uh, stuff. So anyways, um, yeah, there's so many other things to celebrate, but I think that's uh, is to celebrate um, the resilience and 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 what I have learned from my students. Um, so yeah, thanks. Yesterday we had a uh, black when it comes to black alumni career panel, um, where each of the panelists I haven't seen. Well, I'll take it back. I saw one of them over the summer because I reconnected with them on LinkedIn, but prior to that, I hadn't seen them in 10 years. And so now we've kind of reconnected to uh, where now she's shown up in multiple spaces, uh, uh, including this career panel. Uh, so I was ex excited when I when I logged on and saw her, her there and got a chance to hear that she uh, is has just accepted a, a new position uh, uh, in, in equity in at the University of Rochester. So She's she's in it. She's she's received her doctorate degree. So I'm looking at Amoja students, Summer Bridge students who've gone on to receive their doctorate degrees. Uh, I want to celebrate folks like Shante Mitchum, who Shante got her master's degree last year and got to teach her her first classes during during Summer Bridge, the program that brought her to Miracosta. She got to teach that sociology class that she was sitting in, uh, and and now she's she's like she's a hard charger. You know, she co-developed the Black Community Ally Program. 
amazing stuff. Uh, and then lastly, I definitely want to celebrate just our students. Uh, as Kaylee said, this has been a rough year, right? Um, I also want to be mindful of those students who um, I, 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 get, I get energized to, to, to no measure when uh, I talk to a student and they said, you know what, I, I never thought that I would be able to do online work. And, and I actually prefer the asynchronous classes. I can manage, I know how to manage my, my, my schedule well, and, and I'm really focused on my learning. And I find I even have better connections with my teachers. So, you know, for all the students who might be struggling making that transition, you've got others who are really thriving and they found out some things about themselves. Uh, so I appreciate those who are thriving and those who are struggling but persisting. And even those who found that it was necessary to step out. In Amoja, we always say, once you're in, you're in. So uh, I call students who, who aren't even enrolled in classes just because, hey, you, want, you thinking about coming back this, uh, this fall? We can, we, can, we can get you started on that. So uh, once you're in, you're in. And there, all of those scenarios are worth, worth celebrating. Thank you for that question, Mark. Well, thank you. And thank you for being on with us today. Um, our college, I, I feel like I learned so much. And, and what I really learned is that our college and our community are really fortunate to have the right people um, in the right places. So that means we're done. There goes the music. So I guess we're done. So thank Thanks, you so folks. much. Don, Kaylee, Cindy. Awesome. Here, everyone. <laughs> Love the show. <laughs> and thanks everyone who, who hung out and participated in the chat. Um, really appreciate everybody being here. <laughs> hey, Kaylee, I'll see you in a bit. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming. And thanks uh, uh, for the invite to be on the podcast. Right on. The first podcast I've ever been yeah, on. Everybody. Hey, nice. <laughs> Got to come back. Yeah. <laughs>